Welcome to the Propel on Purpose podcast. I am on a mission to help first-generation founders build wealth through entrepreneurship and do so without sacrificing their well-being. I'm your host, Angelise Cordero, HR and leadership expert, Cuba-born Jersey girl, cafecito lover, dog mom to guava, newly minted fiancé, and your HR business bestie. If you're a small business owner who's growing a service-based business, you're in the right place. We're here to talk business, self-care, and leadership to empower your high performance and happiness. Let's pop. Hello, business besties. I am so excited to share this journey with you all. As with anything that I do, I want to start with why I've started this podcast and share a little bit about my own business journey, then give you some insights on how this podcast is going to flow, aka what's in it for you. The why has everything to do with my personal story, so let me start there. I was born in Cuba, and my mom and I came to this country when I was four years old as part of a political asylum program for Cuban refugees. We lived in Hialeah with Gustavo, my mom's husband, who she married to leave the country. He was a political refugee. After a few months, thanks to the help of Catholic Charities, the nonprofit organization, we moved to Hudson County, New Jersey, where my mom and I lived with a few different Cuban host families, very generous people who hosted us in their home. Uh, before she was able to find a job and save enough money to rent a room in someone's apartment, then eventually rent a basement studio of our own a block away from Bergen Line Avenue. When I reflect back on this, I think that as a child in Cuba, I was this audacious, sassy little girl who danced barefoot in the rain and wanted to tag along with my older brother and uncles on their neighborhood adventures. In Cuba, surrounded by my family and protected by our community, I felt free to be who I was, this sassy, audacious, rambunctious little girl. And when we moved to the U.S. in Jersey, we had no family. We had limited resources. My mom didn't know the language. Neither did I. I felt like an outsider. It was very uncomfortable. Things were uncertain. And my mom was focused on surviving. And because she was focused on surviving as a single mom in a new country without many resources, without the tools, without even the language, she raised me on that same survival mode mindset. Now, that survival mode led me to becoming an overachiever, someone whose identity and value was wrapped around checking off the boxes, making other people proud, making my mom sacrifices worthwhile, and never truly feeling like it was enough. That survival mode programming instilled the value in working really hard and going above and beyond. Naturally, a pretty nerdy kid, I was in the honors program at our local high school and went on to a liberal arts college as a first-generation college student. Now, I didn't fully understand why I had to go to college or how that was going to lead to a career or even what a career really was because growing up in a working class community, I only understood that adults had jobs 
to make money and pay bills and help their families back home. So off to Drew University I went as an EOF student. Special shout out to the EOF community. Initially, I thought I wanted to work in government or politics, which is why I picked Drew. They had a semester at the United Nations, but I took one international politics class and that totally changed. Luckily, going to a liberal arts college meant that I had to take different classes, which gave me a flavor for different disciplines. And in one of our many late night conversations, my amazing roommate, Stephanie, reminded me that I was naturally curious, that I really just wanted to understand people's behavior. And Drew had this incredible interdisciplinary major called behavioral sciences, where you could take courses in psychology to understand the individual, sociology to understand the individual within the context of a social construct, and anthropology to understand the individual's cultural programming. I majored in behavioral sciences, which opened up the path to studying abroad twice. I got to go to Ecuador and Brazil, thanks to the cultural anthropology part of that major. And I loved behavioral sciences. Looking back at it, it was the perfect major for an HR professional. I wish I knew then how the journey was going to unravel, but you know, hindsight is always 2020. That really makes me one of those rare, rare people who actually uses their degree for their career but I'm getting ahead of myself. So I went to Drew, I studied behavioral sciences. I graduated in four years, magna cum laude with a long list of leadership accolades due to my heavy, heavy involvement in student activities. And I remember my family being so proud that I graduated from college and I felt so lost. Even though my work study was in the career center, I had two different internships under my belt and a number of part-time jobs because, you know, I was a first-gen college student. I had to work in order to pay my way through college, even though I still had to take out student loans. I had no idea what I wanted to do for the rest of my life, other than maybe, you know, obtain a master's or a PhD, maybe become a professor. Those were the ideas that I was toying with. In fact, I applied to all of these master's programs and got into Columbia University, but when I looked at the offer letter and saw that it was gonna cost $50,000 a year, I deferred and figured I would work for a year and then figure out what was next. And through a Drew alumni, I learned of a nonprofit organization in Newark that was hiring for the program coordinator role of their Hispanic Women's Resource Center. Long story short, I applied, I interviewed, got the job, and at 22 years old, I started making $40,000 with my own office, responsible for a few team members, and for programs that helped immigrant women like my mom. It was like a dream. $40,000 was more money than my mom had ever made. She was a serial entrepreneur who did whatever it took for us to survive, and Oftentimes she worked at home so that she could be my caretaker because one, it's expensive to have somebody else take care of your children. And two, she really didn't trust anybody and didn't want to put me at any sort of risk. She was a very protective mom, which I certainly appreciate. So being able to help women like her was personally very rewarding. 
Fast forward a few years, though, I realized that there weren't going to be enough opportunities for me to grow in this nonprofit or move up the ranks. And the overachiever in me who wanted to check off more boxes knew that that wasn't it. I just didn't know what was. It wasn't until we lost the funding for the program due to the financial crisis that I had the fire under my butt to figure out what was next. And since education was the best tool that I knew for advancement, I decided to go back to school to pursue a master's in human resource management because another dear friend of mine, also a Drew alumni, shout out to Sabrina, who worked as an HR manager, shared how much she loved HR and that I would be great at it. So I did a one-year full-time program, the same one that she did, and graduated, and I took the first job offer that came my way. That job offer was an entry-level HR role, and I made only $10,000 more than what I was making in the nonprofit now with additional student loans. But I just needed an entry point and then I was going to figure it out and figure it out. I did. I spent four years in that organization, trying a number of different HR roles, trying to get to the kind of work that filled me with meaning, with purpose, where I could make an impact. After four years in that organization, I transitioned to a different financial services organization where I hit the ground running, making it my mission to grow up the ranks because by that point I felt like I was behind after four years in the nonprofit, one year of a master's, four years of different organizations, seeing that my peers were at different levels in their careers, I really felt like I was behind and I needed to do whatever it took to get to the next levels and really get to that pinnacle of my HR career. And in 2019, when I got what I thought was the IT role, the dream job, managing leadership development programs, that's when I decided to launch Propel on Purpose Coaching as a side business. And I'll spare you all of the details of the evolution up until this point, because that can be a whole other podcast episode, and it probably will be. What I want to focus on is what it's been like being a business owner full-time. So at the end of 2021, I left corporate America. 2022 was the first year running this business full-time. Running a business full-time is totally different than running a business part-time when you have a corporate job that is sustaining you financially. And honestly, it was more of a side gig than a part-time business because depending on my full-time job schedule, I wouldn't take on clients or I would take on less clients. It wasn't a consistent flow of business while running it part-time. And so when I transitioned over to full-time, so many learnings, so many takeaways, so many things to do differently to be a better business owner. And one of the biggest challenges of entrepreneurship that I have found and that many of my business besties share, especially those of us who've worked in a corporate setting prior to starting a business, is that it can feel very lonely. I went from working in a very collaborative, high-performing team where everybody played off of each other's strengths 
to working at home with my dog by myself, making all of the decisions alone, creating everything alone with no one to bounce ideas off of, no one to rein me in when I am taking too long and making a decision or when I'm stressing about something that I don't need to be stressing about. Entrepreneurship can feel very lonely. Even if you're not a solopreneur like me and you have a team, unless you have a co-founder or a really strong leadership team, it can still feel really lonely because you're the one ultimately responsible for everything. So part of the reason for launching this podcast is to create more community, to have authentic conversations about what it's like to run a successful business so that anyone considering it can learn from those of us who have done it so they can see that it's possible and so that we can share knowledge, resources, and tools to help each other continue to grow in business. And the other challenge that I have found now being a full-time business owner is that we can work ourselves to the ground because it's all so personal. Our businesses are like our babies. This brainchild that we've nurtured and we go above and beyond to grow, to protect. So I really look forward to sharing ways for us to take better care of ourselves, mind, body, heart, and soul while building businesses. The other reason why I'm launching this podcast is to share HR-specific content. When it comes to business ownership, you hear a lot about the importance of legal, accounting, marketing, PR, customer service, and much more, but not enough about the people and culture aspect of running your business, which is frankly wild to me. Because if you're a service-based business, who you hire, how you onboard them and consistently train them, the operations and processes that you create to execute whatever you're selling, and how you develop yourself as a leader, they're all really critical parts of being able to execute on that business and brand promise. I'm really looking forward to bridging the personal and professional experiences that I've acquired to empower small business owners to grow high-performing teams and really successful businesses. Finally, as a first-gen Latina, knowing firsthand how challenging it can be to grow in the corporate world and that despite all of the progress we've made, we're still the lowest paid of all women, 49 cents to the cis white male dollar to be exact, I see entrepreneurship as our way of creating generational wealth. This podcast is a way of fulfilling my personal mission of creating a more equitable world by focusing on empowering small business owners, especially women-owned, minority-owned, Latina-owned small businesses to build generational wealth. So to fulfill this mission and all of the whys I've mentioned before, the podcast will have a few different segments. The first segment is called Pause and Process. And that is very intentional because we are often programmed to just push through, push through and get things done. Instead of just pushing through, I'm encouraging us to pause and process. And in that segment, we'll engage in different exercises like breath work, meditation, movement, and much more so that we can reflect and process through, process through our emotions 
And I know that might seem counter to running a business because we've been programmed to leave the personal out of the professional. But the reality is that there's a high, high correlation between emotional intelligence and leadership. The higher our emotional intelligence, the greater the leader that we can be. In fact, I'm certified in an assessment called EQI 2.0, and I'll be sharing more about that connection between leadership and emotional intelligence. So stay tuned for the pause and process segment so that you can have those tools under your belt to take care of yourself as a business owner. The next segment is called How to Pop, How to Propel on Purpose. As your HR business bestie, this is a segment where I'll be sharing all of those really important resources, tools, and insights related to HR so that you can implement them in your business. The, se- the next two segments are probably the ones that I'm most excited about because they're going to be conversations with other business owners. One is called Business Bestie, of course, and it's a conversation with an entrepreneur that has subject matter expertise in an area of business, self-care, leadership, etc., to help empower you along your business journey. The other really important conversation that we'll be having with other business owners is through the Cafecito con CEO segment, because you know, your girl loves Cafecito. So think of this as a coffee chat with a good, good girlfriend who is spilling all of the tea and she is your model. She's like the it girl for you in terms of being a business owner. I'll be featuring a small business owner who embodies what it means to pop in life and in business, someone who will authentically share the journey of how they've built a successful business. So those are the four segments of the public podcast plot twist here. There will be a bonus episode in a private podcast format that will go out to those on the Propel on Purpose mailing list. Anyone on the mailing list can submit a question. They can raise their hands for on-the-spot coaching. They can ask me to share more about my own journey. And those episodes are meant to serve sort of as complimentary coaching sessions, if you will, to those who are part of the pop tribe. If you're interested in hearing the inside scoop of those bonus episodes, make sure that you sign up for the Propel on Purpose mailing list. So there you have it, besties. This is the Propel on Purpose podcast. I can't wait to share all of this with you all with so much thoughtfulness, intention, and love. Thank you, thank you, thank you so much for being a part of my business journey and allowing me to be a part of yours. Let's pop. Besties, as promised, during the pause and process segment, we'll always have some kind of activity or tool to empower you along your leadership journey. It is July 2023, half the year behind us, half the year ahead. What a perfect opportunity for us to pause and process. You know that we tend to live our lives on go, go, go mode, pushing through the challenging times and not celebrating the small or big wins often enough. So let's take a moment here to pause and process. Here are a few journal questions to get you started. One, 
What has the first half of 2023 taught me? Two, how do I integrate those lessons into the second half of the year? Three, six months down, what am I celebrating? What am I looking forward to? Now here's how to make this process an enjoyable one. Take out your favorite journal and that pen whose ink makes you feel like an author. Turn on a candle, put a little bit of soothing background music, and journal out the responses to these questions. Journaling is an incredibly powerful tool to really help us pause and process. Enjoy! Hello, business besties. Mil gracias. Thank you so much for tuning in. We hope you enjoyed this episode. And if you had at least one pearl to take away with you, please pay it forward. Share a link text to your business bestie, a screenshot on social media, or some love in the form of a rating on Apple Podcasts. And if you're a service-based small business owner ready to maximize your people resources, email us at hola at propelonpurpose.com for a free HR consultation. Remember, though entrepreneurship can feel lonely and like a constant grind, you don't have to do it alone. So let's pop.